Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Sarah Kreiner of The Mix Studios coming to you from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Sarah, what's going on? How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I am excited to have you. Sarah, it sounds like you have a wealth of experience and have seen the fitness industry from a number of different positions, but we're here, obviously, we're here to talk about this business, right? The Mix. Before we get into the, the tactics and the strategies and the nitty gritty of how you operate, tell us a little bit about how this whole thing came to be. What made you want to start this studio in the first place? Um, let's see if I can make it short. Um, so sure. I, I grew up loving to move and I, I think I was 12 when I started trying out for sports and I wasn't making the team. Um, it was really discouraging and I sort of got turned off from fitness and I started smoking. Um, I started smoking pot, drinking, it really led me down a bad path. And when I decided to quit all that, I discovered running and running sort of led me to strength training and to other forms of movement. And I decided to become a personal trainer because it literally changed my life to like feel how great it felt to move for other reasons than competing on a team. And I, um, I was doing really well with personal training and I started to realize that there was only one of me and that I was tired and I couldn't do you know everything, but I had this great idea for a studio facility that gave trainers a place to to do their thing because I feel like every trainer is amazing and has you know their own take on you know how to train people and what works and what doesn't and their own style and personality and I as doing group fitness I realized that it was hard to find places that would allow you to rent space at a, a reasonable rate so I decided in 2016 that I wanted to have my own space instead of renting from churches and doing it in the park and trying to scramble together to do things. I found this really cool space in Ann Arbor and um, I decided to call it the Mix Studios because my vision was a mix of different ways to move and have fun moving and um, a mix of different people, you know, that we could be young and old and everything in between. Um, and that's kind of how I decided to start the Mix Studios. Yeah. And, and deciding to do so typically we, we start businesses officially. I mean, you had a business previous, but officially getting a commercial space and a lease for a number of reasons, you wanted to sort of centralize all of this. You had yeah. been running around like crazy, training people in all kinds of different locations. Now they can come to us, right? We can really provide a top-notch service when we're not going place to place and putting thousands of miles on your car every year. Sarah, I mean, give us an idea of what we provide here when you describe this studio and, and the service that you guys are putting out what do you tell people so we're we're a mix we have personal training we have small group training uh, we do more like semi-private where it's just two people and a trainer but we also have group fitness classes um we really want it to be you know something that matches your personality so someone might come to us and tell us that they're really nervous about being in the fitness space they've had injuries or just aren't comfortable in a class so then we might talk to them about personal training um our group fitness classes have ranged from all kinds of things over the years so we've we've always had a strength training type class but we have um we've had zumba we've had nia we have different forms of yoga um 
we have mobility classes. Uh, we've had stretch and strength classes. Currently, we're um, I'm really excited about our trampoline classes. So we have like the mini trampolines, the rebounders. Yeah. And they're, I think we're the only place in the state right now. I could be wrong about that, but I'm not finding anywhere else when I search that does it. So it's new, it's exciting, it's really low impact. Um, so we're, we're offering that as one of our, our group fitness classes too. So I'm always open to trainers and instructors coming to us with new ideas. And we're interested in, in trying all different kinds of things and see what, what the community likes um as far as that goes yeah and and so there's a lot of different things right we have a number of components to this and albeit the mix is a fitting title for this yeah within this model right we have a couple of different services but how many people do we serve in total um so right now uh, we had in august we had 46 members and then August is when I opened up our physical location. So we, we were transitioning from being only online or at parks yeah. to opening this, this big studio. So we had about 46 members and right now we have almost a hundred. I think we're at like 98 today. Okay. So um, we have other, yeah, we have other people who aren't members um, who are like dropping in, but class, right now we have about, yeah, yeah. Or like doing our intro specials or just not quite ready to, to do the recurring payment. Sure. Um, but we have about a hundred people who are coming every week, um, whether it's just online. Cause now we have some people who join from Chicago and from other places ah, in Michigan where they'd never drive, you know? Um, and people now who are like, I, I hated online workouts. I'm so excited that you're in person. Um, yeah. and we just recently, you know, acquired these people. So, sure. Yeah. So within this break us down a little bit about how the membership works, right? Within fitness, there are so many different examples of how people operate. What does that offering look like? How do people pay for lack of a better exchange? Yeah. Um, stop me if I'm not going on the path. Go ahead, please. Thinking. But um, this has been a, a conundrum. This is definitely like a challenge with, with our model because we have some people who are one line. They just want to do personal training. It's super simple. And then we have what I like to refer to as true mixers who want to do personal training one day a week. And then they want to do small group on another day and they want to do a class on Fridays. And we, we've run into where it is a challenge. But basically the way that we do it is the, the highest price point. That's the membership that they would sign up for because they're going to get the best price on those recurring sessions or classes. And then we offer discounts on the packages for the other things that they want to add on. So as a member, a uh, personal training member, you get a discount on your class packages um, to kind of like reward you for already being a part of the mix. And that's, sure. that's worked, but we're definitely looking at different ways to maybe make it more easily, easy to digest, easy to like- A little more user-friendly. Yeah, yeah, where it's like one, one thing that kind of encompasses all of it. Yeah, well, that's, that's really the interesting part of having different layers of service is how do we bundle all of that? How do we make it- a bit more desirable, right? Yeah. Because we know the higher level, the semi-private and the one-on-one -on -one training, we know that they work. We're more profitable. The business is when those start, those services are filled up. And so if we can, we want to get hundred percent of the people we can over there, but having the, the base membership as an option really makes it an, a nice entry point for the yeah. most part, a good place for people to start before kind of getting their bearings and deciding if those things are the best option for them. 
you mentioned that we almost doubled the amount of people within the model that we have. So I want to pick your brain about marketing and, and what that means to you. There are any number of ways to, to spread the word about a business in our industry. Marketing is, is kind of a catch-all at this point, but what is the what is the best way that you have found to get people in through your doors in the first place? So if we take it back to the, the studio in 2016, um, I really didn't do much besides like word of mouth and networking. So what I love about the mix is that we had so many different people from different places coming through that there was word of mouth for just dancers who were, who were looking for dance. And then there was word of mouth through people who were more into the yoga scene. So I have this network that is constantly growing um, I feel like in my area, in, in the industry of, of movement that has led just to different opportunities. So I feel like word of mouth and, and always talking to people about my business and that like networking has been really helpful for me all along, but especially starting out in the beginning, because it was just, um, I had a business partner for a short period of time, but um, it was definitely just me who was trying to figure out like I didn't yeah. have no idea to, what to do with like a Facebook ad that was completely, you know, I, I tried a couple of times and completely gave up. Um, most recently we have been doing some Facebook advertising that's been getting us quite good results. And my husband actually has joined my team, um, since we've been doing really well and, uh, I needed someone I could count on and who was also invested in it. He's really just dove in and started learning some of the stuff that I hadn't, didn't have time to do. And it's, yeah. it's been amazing. It's been amazing to see the people who are coming through. And I'm like, wow, you're actually, we're getting results from these Facebook yeah. ads that never worked for me before. It's, so. it's interesting because so many people that open up gyms are, are doing so because they were good trainers, because they were great coaches, not necessarily because they have business acumen or because they have all of these intricate skills of marketing and sales and whatever else comes with that your experience has been we've invested in facebook ads right we're spending money to yeah. make money but it's been worthwhile yes right? yes yeah and and so is that something i mean that, that's really sort of a, a dynamic in our industry that goes a number of different ways either people have been in your shoes, they've put money towards it and gotten burned a little bit and then feel a little bit jaded by it, or they do find success and they swear by it. There is complete control. They can turn up the volume when they need to. They can turn down the volume when they want to. How has that transition been? It sounds like you've been on both sides of this. And so I want to hear kind of your perspective or what other gym owners can take from your experience there. Well, um, I think you have to have a lot of time to invest in the Facebook ads and, and learn what you're doing. And I think you do have to jump in and I don't, this is probably not a very good word to use, but waste some money <laughs> because we did have a few things that weren't successful, yeah. but then we learned from what was, you know, what wasn't, and we, we made some that have been very successful. Um, so I think, you know, jumping in there and just trying it, you have to be willing to, to spend a little to figure it out before you actually are good at it. Yep. Um, and I think from what I understand after we've been learning it, that even if this was our, our background, you still have to like test your market. And I think that yep. that's been really interesting, you know, to see like, cause we thought our, uh, our demographic was a little bit older and we're actually finding that we're having a lot more success with like kind of a, a 10 years younger than what we thought. And so we're noticing that when we target those, 
um, we're getting getting more results and getting more people that seem to be like fitting into the mix and, and enjoying yeah. the, the variety of stuff like we want. Yeah, that's really that's really it. It's an ever learning, ever ongoing process because the rules are constantly changing. The market is constantly changing. How can we best stay in front of that so that it continues to provide the ROI that you are now experiencing? And, and that's been a tremendous input into the system for you. Once we get those leads, Sarah, I want to kind of explore the next step in the chain here. They're coming in. We have leads coming in from Facebook, from referrals, from walk-ins off the street, wherever they come from. What happens in between receiving that lead and them converting into some sort of paid service? What's that sales process like? That's a great question because that's something we've really been also kind of fine-tuning in the last couple of months since getting this influx um, of, of business. And uh, again, me realizing I can't do everything. So I've always done, and I feel like this has always been um, why I've been successful is a, a free kind of intake call or discovery call. Um, I've called it breakthrough call in the past. Uh, so once they come in, we try to get that scheduled. Um, sometimes it works very easily. Sometimes it's through text every couple of weeks. And then finally we get to have that call. Um, so now I'm doing those calls and I have another trainer that is amazing. And she's been she's been trained the way that I do it and then put her own spin on it. That's incredible. But that intake call really helps us because then we can kind of see where should they go instead of them looking at our mix and being like, holy, you know, where, what should I do first? I have no idea. Should I start with a class? Should I start with personal training? Right. That call helps them. Um, and it helps them get an idea. I think of what, what the mix is all about that you could never get from just looking at our website. Um, just looking at a yeah. Facebook ad. Yeah. So we always do that, that intake call. Um, we try to get them on an intro special. So we have multiple intro specials. I can tell other gym owners that something we've noticed is there's magic in three. Um, we've tried a few other different things. And for some reason, three personal training sessions, three classes, um, they've been wildly successful for us um, with our business model. It seems to be really good. Uh, it's, it's a low enough price point. I feel like it's not too scary to, to start. And it's enough to get them, give them a sense of what we're like when they're actually in. Um, so trying to get them on one of the, the intro specials. And then uh, from there, um, we have sort of like a, a follow-up call that we schedule again to see where they'd like to go going forward. And that looks a little different with classes than with personal training, um, just because they've kind of already sure. got like that one-on-one -on -one with the trainer. Um, yep. Yeah. Sure. And so, right, we've got sort of a, a filtering call or, or more or less an educational call to yeah. tell them about what's available in the first place. We've got a second conversation to really navigate those waters and figure out here's where we're going to have the best success for you, our situation, right? Because it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. And, and a front end offer to get them at least in through the doors on a trial basis from what it understand from what I'm understanding. So that that then they can make an even more educated decision going forwards from there. And so if we're to, to zoom out, you say that we've been working and, and tinkering with the process overall. If we're to zoom out the, the sales and marketing funnel, if you will, lead gen way up at the top, our sales process somewhere down in between and, and how many people we're converting. And then down at the bottom, retention and ascension i think how many people were keeping and how many people were getting into one of those higher level services 
where do you think that you have the biggest opportunity to improve? Um, our biggest opportunity will, will honestly be on, on the retention side, um, especially when it comes to the group fitness aspect of it. So on the personal training side, um, very good retention rates. They either stay with personal training and they love it, or they, they're transitioning into those small groups, or <clears throat> depending on the person, they're transitioning into to group fitness and liking it. But the people that come into us um, for group fitness, I find that I'm constantly, I, I joke that I, I feel like I'm on a date with everybody that comes in whether they're coming to my class or somebody else's class. And I'm constantly going, well, did I, did I do something wrong? Was I like too energetic or not energetic enough? Was I maybe dressed the wrong way or having a bad day? Like I'm trying to figure out why necessarily not as many people as I think should be coming back are coming back. Um, so figuring out like, what can we do within the class or what can we do to hook them a little bit better? That's something that is front and center on my mind right now. Yeah. And, and the ever going process, right? How yeah. can we tinker and improve and, and figure out how to plug the holes in the bucket and, and retention is certainly part of that, right? Yes. If we're constantly bringing in new people. That's tremendous. But if we're constantly losing older people, then we're sort of on a hamster wheel, right? We want to make yeah. sure that, that both of those things are front of mind so that we're not talking about a broken system, right? We don't want to just burn through our community so quickly that, that people are only sticking for two or three months at a time. And, and so all of this being said, we're having this whole conversation with the intention of figuring out how to grow this business, right? How to get to beyond where we are. Paint us a picture, Sarah. What's, what's the longer term vision for you? What's, what's, what are we striving for? Uh, very, very long term, I'd like to be able to step away um, more from my, my role of doing almost everything on the day to day, it feels like sometimes, you know what I mean? So I've been, I've been slowly doing that. Like I said, I've, I finally have trusted a trainer to do some of these intake calls and, and she's been doing awesome. So she's just, you know, emphasizing that my choice was, was well, um, finding some people to help manage other areas of the business so that I can kind of have a little bit of a breather. Um, I think that other gym owners that are listening probably relate to the feeling of like, you can't go on a vacation because you're not going to actually relax. And I feel like I'm in this spot where I'm super excited to keep going and I'm not too pissed off about not being able to take a vacation, but I can tell that if I, if I don't keep working towards some of these systems and procedures and, you know, fine tuning and tweaking um, my team and making them really strong, that I'm not ever going to have that opportunity to take some breaks that I, I want to be yeah. able to take. I want to take my family on vacations and not be like glued to my phone the whole time. It, it sounds like such a novel idea. And, and we, we mentioned it before, most of our audience here are gym owners themselves. And so everyone listening to this can resonate with yes. that kind of a thought <laughs> and, and that what shouldn't be a dream, but what is a dream for a lot of people. So I appreciate that that's front of mind for you and and it's exciting to see what needs to happen to go into that, right? How can yeah. we essentially hire ourselves out of a job, right? How can we delegate? How can we find other people and, and recreate talent so that the system, the business can function without our hands on absolutely everything? That's really the kicker to this whole thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Sarah, that's a tremendous place to, to start to wrap this whole thing up. 
Um, but before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance for, for people to learn a little bit more about this. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to find out more about what you do? Yeah, you can go to our website. If you look up the-mix-studios, you will get the, the Mix Studios website. Or if you look up the Mix Studios Ypsilanti, which is hard to spell, uh, Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I, you should get us. Um, <laughs> get us on there. Yeah. I'd love it. If you guys check out the website from the website, you can find our social media stuff on the bottom of the page. So. Yep. That's perfect. Sarah, I, I really appreciate your time and, and your contribution here. It's always exciting to, to dig through an owner's mindset and figure out what makes them tick and what they're focusing on to move forward. It'll be exciting to see where this business takes you here in the short term and, and long term as well. So like I said, I appreciate your time. I thank you. And I wish you nothing but the best here. Thank you so much, Joe. Absolutely. And so to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of the Fitness Collective ATL in Atlanta, Georgia. Tiffany, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Our little pre-show conversation has me all, I feel like I just drank like uh, an energy drink and some pre-workout. I'm all, <laughs> all jazzed up here. So let's get into it. Um, what's the Fitness Collective all about? So the Fitness Collective is ideally in my mind, the place where you can come and just move your body and find a sense of freedom in many different ways, right? Challenging yourself with cardio, boot camp, and mindset with yoga and Pilates and all those types of things. So and then renewing and refreshing with stretch therapy, ear candling, like all the holistic treatments, everything that you need to balance inside out is at the Fitness Collective. And you really have... And we'll get into it a little bit more, but you had this vision, it sounds like of these are all the services the people in my community need, and I'm going to be the spot for them. And we're going to figure out the logistics of it are one thing, but these are the things I want to offer. I'm going to make this kind of holistic solution so that people can get, you know, short of their grocery shopping done, they're going to get everything they need for their kind of mind, body, soul connection to nourish themselves. This is the spot. Yeah. You want it? <laughs> We're here. All right, cool. So before we dive into that a little bit more, give us a little bit of the background on you. Um, you've gone through a couple of phases. You've already moved once in the short time you've been open. There was this little pandemic thing that happened. So <laughs> your background, um, 
in the you know health and wellness industry and what led to you to doing this thing? So I've actually been in the fitness industry ooh, about 15 years now. I'm dating myself, but I have you started when you were 10. Ah, yes, that's exactly right. right. <laughs> I have literally taught every format that there could be. I was a trainer for Labar Fitness, so top bar. I did Piloxing, um, Flirty Girl Fitness, Zumba, Chair, Pole, um, CrossFit, all the things that you could think. And I was a dancer growing up, traditionally, classically trained dancer. Thought I wanted to be a doctor. So then I thought I was gonna go to physical therapy school, but I became a fascial stretch therapist. Anyway, so I'm gonna shorten that a little bit, but we have, I opened um, True Align Holistic Life and I worked one-on-one with clients more like physical therapy, massage therapy, using those things. And I realized they needed a little bit more fitness aspect because it just, when you're working on a person one-on-one and they're like, oh, I really wish I had this place to do this. And I didn't have to drive 45 minutes away. I was like, oh yes, great idea. Now I can work with multiple people at a time instead of one person on this table. So the Fitness Collective is a subsidiary of True Align, and it's the most accessible way to get everything that I love, everything that's helped me with my body. As a dancer, yoga helped me recover, even from having my son um, to overtraining. And I did a bikini competition. I was so muscular at one point, but not healthy on the inside mentally, or you know how I was feeding myself. So long story longer <laughs> that I'll try to make shorter is okay. I just want this this is where I found the most balance all right so you figured out what you thought was going to be um, a good mix between the feedback you were getting from your clients from your own personal experimentation journey through fitness and so ideas born in your head um, this is the next step. This is when I need to take it. I need to add some things. This is what it's going to look like. And then what from there? You just find a spot, sign a lease and, and go like, how did, what, what was the transition for you? You already had a business yes. when you had, when you had true line, were you working out of somebody else's space? Were you working in people's homes? Like what was the transition from that to, um, you know, the, the space that you went into in, in January, 2020. So I actually still have true line and it's like my doctor's office. So it's, okay. I have a, a suite and there's just a, a table and people still come, but I just am very selective with that clientele. Uh, mm -hmm. But from the fitness background, I was teaching about 20 to 30 classes a week, going to several different studios, some of which 45 minutes away from my house until one bar studio opened over here. I was teaching yoga at that bar studio when the owners just, they could not upkeep it. It was just a lot going on for them. So they had a conversation with me as the top client, like top client earner. Most people came to my class. It was all yoga that I was teaching at that time. And they said, well, do you, are you interested in being a partner? I was like, I don't want to be a partner, but I'll take it over. <laughs> so after we dissolved, they dissolved, I did some renovations and brought my vision to life. And I said, you know, this is going to be my home. I don't have to go to other people's homes. I don't have to drive to seven 
different studios. This You want to work with me? You want to take classes with me? And then I'm going to find the people that I've worked with that I thought were really, really good, bring them in. And this is where you get the best of all the worlds. Awesome. So that, I love that you're like, I don't want to be a partner, but I'll take over. And, and takeover is uh, what I feel like you're going to eventually do in the, in the Atlanta area on, a, <laughs> on scale, but, but we'll take one thing at a time. So you move, you took over that spot in January, 2020, did some moving things around, added some things. Um, March, you have your ribbon cutting. There's a pandemic. So you have to quickly pivot to at least be able to do some of what you do online. Um, Give us a little bit of that and then take us to, I guess, this past November when you you were able to expand, move a couple doors down and get a little bigger. Okay. Um, Well, luckily when I took over, they gave me the client list and everyone who had fallen off, I sent out an email, this is happening. So we opened... At the ribbon cutting, we had about 50 people here. Like everybody's excited. And then a week later, boom, shut down. So I learned online things. You know, I've worked with a couple other yoga companies that do that. And I said, please help me. I need to get everything I do online. And we did. So all the class, no members left at that point. They just were like, okay, we'll come online. We thought it was going to be two weeks. And we thought it would be a month <laughs> and it was, nobody knew it was going to be two years. But what was so interesting is people kept finding us and I loathe social media, but I love putting my message across about what we need when we're focusing on ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, even if you're at home, here's some simple stretches. And I think that people really resonated with that. And so from word of mouth, people just kept signing up. Slowly but surely, after uh, March of 2021, more people started coming back in. I had a lot of people transition to private memberships for a moment, but everything was fine. And I was like, okay, we're seeing growth. This is amazing. I could only hold about nine people in the old studio with the COVID standards. So in the new studio, now I can have 16 and they can still be six feet apart. So that, you know, it's not that big but once everything opens up again now we can have 30 people you know okay so I decided to take uh three doors down there's a larger space a nail salon moved out and every time I walk by I would say I I really want that it's in the front it's bigger they have more windows we can really open up and make it a big splash I just kept saying it kept saying it and when they moved I talked to the landlord and he said yeah just move (laughs) I have the best landlord ever. He really was amazing during the pandemic. He's very supportive. Um, So we're here now in the larger space. And now more people see us because we're front facing the street. And so it's continued growth. Now with Omicron, there was a moment where people were like, oh, I need to pause or, oh, I need to rethink this. And a lot more people went back online. So now the struggle is, I know we need to come in with precautions. Everybody's been vaccinated. You got your boosters, you got your things. We're protecting you with a NASA certified air sanitizing filtration system. Come back in and reconnect to the people in your community. Yeah, so getting getting that message out, getting people, um, hitting, hitting people in a way that resonates so they feel comfortable is definitely 
something that, uh, that a lot of people are working on right now. And, you know, it's, it's still, I think, strange to a lot of people that we were like restricted, restricted, restricted. This is the worst pandemic ever. And then all of a sudden one day the government's like, what? No, everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I mean, you're in the backyard of the CDC. So it's mm -hmm. like, well, you're going to tell me that everything was terrible yesterday, but today we're good. Like people do need a little bit more convincing, a little bit more reassurance. And it sounds like you're putting you're going above and beyond the precautions of just saying, hey, listen, we're wiping stuff down. Uh, oh, yeah. It's clean, trust us, like you're you're doing more. So um, I wanna circle back to the, the messaging and the marketing parts, uh, but I wanna get to know um, the business a little bit more and share what you're doing because a lot of, a lot of um, gyms, different fitness centers, different facilities, um, get so one track they think i'm you know i'm really good at this one thing i should just do this and lean into it and get afraid to offer a little bit of variety but then i think on the on the other hand they get confused or sometimes mad when somebody who was looking for variety goes somewhere else for it outside their doors and then oh they stole my customer or xyz so yeah. It's, it sounds like you've, you've worked hard to figure out what a good balance is, right? You can't offer everything to everybody, but in, in your experience, in the, the feedback you've gotten from clients, you've put together a pretty good mix. So what was the thought behind that? How have you laid it out? Like, what have the iterations looked like for you figuring out, you know, this is how many classes I'm going to offer. This is, these are going to be my, my side, you know, extras that we offer, like, how did that come to be the way it is right now? And I'm sure it's always going to be a work in progress because you're going to give people what you what they want and what you see that they need. But how did we get to where we are now? Well, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm pretty high energy. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. Yeah. So I get bored quickly. And mm -hmm. for me personally, if I was to do yoga all day, every day, I think I would be bored out of my mind. I needed that Zumba cardio. I needed the, the weights and bands just to make sure I'm using my stabilizing muscles so I can have longevity in my movement. So I was like, I don't, I know everybody told me you should niche down, niche down. Are you a yoga studio? Are you a gym? Are you a this? And I'm like, I'm everything because that's what everybody needs. We need to diversify our movement. That's how you increase your range of motion and flexibility and build strength and endurance. You need all the things. So, you know, I'm, I may not use heavy weights here, but we partner with um, Hybrid Athletics, who's actually in my old smaller space. So if you want to do higher weights and you want to really train on that, absolutely, totally, we have a package for that. And then you can come back here and do yoga and stretch and do Pilates. And what's really fun is we have a twerk culture class and a sultry flow and a sexy love class with heels sometimes. So when you're moving, it's not so linear cheerleading like, you know, now you get to get some fluidity as well. And you get to really tap into, as a woman, confidence and that feminine power that we sometimes forget about because we live in such a masculine society. We have to go, 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 do, do, do all the time. We have to think and feel and not feel too much. And okay, I'll get off of that soapbox. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's like we need, so we're not, we're not a monolithic person, right? So we need multi 
different things to work multi different parts of our bodies and our minds and just be a whole person. Absolutely. So for for clarification, and I know there's there's exceptions to everything. So whatever is today doesn't have to be forever. But um, you all of your coaches and trainers right now also female. Yes. <laughs> Are your well, except for Theo, who is the personal okay. trainer. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then your clientele, is it restricted to just women or is it just catered towards, but, and that's, you know, that's kind of how it's worked out. Like, is there, is there any set of specifics? Have you, have you ever, you know, had guys come in or is it like also, yeah. So, and you know, I say this coming from, as a person who had a, a place where we we generally only allowed women. It was like, well, if, if a man really wants to come in, then fine. But there's probably a fair chance that we're not going to be catering towards most of what's expected, I guess, because generally, I mean, nobody fits everybody perfectly into a box anymore. And it's like, Hey, if you want to come in and the members welcome you and you like what we're doing, cool. But I think you've identified like, there's different physiology, there's different emotional components, there's different things that generally are going to aim one way or the other. And that's where your focus is, right? Yes, I do. Um, uh, I don't want to say allow the, the studio is open for men as well. I had three men in my hot vibes yoga class this morning. The mm-hmm. only classes that are absolutely for women only is going to be the twerk, the soldiery and the sexy love, because that is a container where mm-hmm. we're specifically you know, working with the feminine energy. So that's it. But otherwise, you're welcome to come in. And as long as you're coming in with an open mind and you are coming in looking to expand yourself as a person and not, you know, get dates, we're good. <laughs> yeah, and those those um those things culturally seem to have a way of working themselves out because someone someone who comes in for the wrong reason uh, generally will find themselves with a some looks and maybe some, some questions, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> you are not here for the right reason. And I guess it's, it, it can be the same thing. And, and we should address this because I feel like some people just build their facility as a place to work out and generate revenue where if you are creating culture and community, whether it's, you know, sex, gender, age, ability, whatever it is, sometimes you get somebody you know, who just throws off the vibe and throws off the community. Like you may have a bunch of just regular people who are coming in and and just wanting to get their sweat on and blow off some steam. And then, I don't know, maybe you get, you get the show off or the loud mouth or someone like that. And culturally, if you build something around that, you have to be protective of it or else all of your, your hard work, you know, if, if that person doesn't go right, if the weed doesn't get pulled, then you start losing the people that you want. So just generally, as a community, um, is that something that you try to instill in your trainers and keep an eye out for? Like if somebody isn't fitting in or somebody is kind of bringing some negativity and like, have you ever had to address it in any kind of serious fashion? I have, I actually had to, I don't like to use the word fire, but I had to, um, suggest strongly that this was not the place for this person. Um, just because, he was making people feel uncomfortable with looks and, and comments. And, but it, overall, 
the ladies have kind of built their own relationships with each other. Even if they're online together, it's so weird. They might end up going to Publix together or go to the, the bookstore coffee shop together. So they kind of watch out for each other. But certainly all of the instructors here have their eye out and they, they're protective of this container because this is kind of the oasis, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And there's, again, there's nothing else like this space. So because it is so special, we want to make sure that the intention is set at the door. Mm -hmm. And if someone is not upholding that, it's just kind of like, here's a conversation. This may not be the place for you. Maybe you need to take a look at this. And here, let me suggest this, because this is how we operate here. Yeah. And I want to highlight one more thing. I think that went into the formulation of this business and what stands to where I, where I think you're, you're walking the walk that a lot of people talk about. You're in, you're in Atlanta. And for people who aren't familiar with it, right? Atlanta is a big sprawling area and there are some pockets of huge wealth and population density and um, inside circles, outside circles, traffic, things like that. You didn't open up hey, where can I go get the most people make the most money? You are in the community that you grew up in. I think you said your mom is still in the area, like yeah. went to high school in the area. And you saw a need of like, hey, I, I can make a living at this in a way that I'm happy. But also you saw kind of in your area, you know, specifically, and, and you can go into a little more details in this, um, you know, women of color in your area were underserved with something that was, upscale was different than the planet fitness or LA fitness. So how did that all tie in? Was there any temptation to, you know, chase, you know, different areas or, you know, what's good for the business versus what's good for your heart, I guess, is the, the combination there. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because I, this area actually is one of the top earning areas in the city. It's like the woods, but there's multi-million dollar homes in every neighborhood. In my mom's neighborhood, those houses are like four, five, six hundred thousand. It's just weird that there was nothing here before. Um, however, even though when I was like, I'm going to do something, everyone said, oh, you should do Midtown. You should do Buckhead, right? Those are the really, that's where all the stars live, right? That's where all the big players are. And I said, absolutely not. I want something in my backyard that is just as good that if you picked it up and put it there, it would stand toe to toe because we deserve it. I deserve it. I want the best for me and I want the best for the people here. My mom deserves that. Every, every person, right? But so within a 30 mile 30 minute, I don't know how many miles it is, but within a 30 minute radius, there's nothing. This is where I am rooted. So this is where I'm going to plant my seed and grow. Perfect. So on the heels of that, I have to ask because as we established, you know, you're 24, 25 years old here and, <laughs> and have a long career ahead of you. Are there other areas, other communities that you see a similar opportunity where you can go in and, and bring something that doesn't exist. Not necessarily for the sake, I mean, making money is great. I don't begrudge anybody. It's cool. Money is, if you use it as a tool, you can use it to help a ton of people. And, you know, I know that community and giving back, it, it sounds like it's really important to you, but are there other areas where you see there's an opportunity to, 
duplicate, whether it be to partner with someone who's got roots in that area or other other places you're familiar with? Is, is that in any of your long-term plans? It actually is. So I'm looking to open a, do a fully donation-based studio space. It's about tw 20 minutes from here. And there, again, is nothing quite like this. So I still want to uphold the intention of the space and the integrity, but it will be completely donation-based because, again, our people deserve to be able to move and to be able to breathe and be able to change their mindset. And sometimes you just need to show them something different in order for them to know that it's possible. So I absolutely am planning to expand in many different ways. And there is a studio that I'm kind of patterning that after. Um, it's called Black Swan Yoga, which is in Houston. And I think they have they have one in Houston, I think one in Dallas. So I've you know contacted one of their instructors and I'm like, put me in touch with those people because I'm going to do something like that in Atlanta. And it just, it's very important to me to give back because it's, oh, I'm gonna cry. I, I hate getting emotional, but it's, it's important to me that people know that they can have quality and they can get an education, even if it's in fitness. So you have no idea how many people just don't even know that yoga is not a religion, right? It's just sometimes just something so simple. Move your body, breathe, and connect your breath to your movement. Breaking it down like that in any community where people can feel the lasting effects is important to me. Well, as I said, I, I sensed it from the beginning. You know, you have this passion, this, this drive, and it, it's above and beyond just how much money can you make? You know, what car can you drive? What house? Like, it's all those things that a business could do for you, but if they do it, it seems to be generally a lot more fulfilling and the longevity seems to extend if there's a more personal connection, if there's a why, if you say, I wanna serve the community, I have this thing that I wanna share, the, the customers, the income, the revenue, whatever it is, usually follows that a lot more closely than if you try to flip it. Like, hey, I wanna make a lot of money, what can I do to get to get some money from people like that works in some industries, but in something that can be private, intimate, connected, you know, when you're getting people more in touch with with their bodies. And then for you, it's even a deeper level connection for that. Um, if you're if you're not genuine, if you're not in it for the right place or the right reasons, I think people will see through that pretty quickly and you can't grow anything right the word gets out quickly and then you're just another person trying to scrape for every dollar <laughs> yeah so I, I love that that's kind of the plan and and what you're what you're doing with it where you're going with it um we are nearly out of time uh I oh, knew that, that was quick i knew that this was going to fly but um something that i think would be interesting because you've gone through some iterations you've made a lot of kind of your, your path hasn't been a straight line. It's had a lot of squiggles and you've tried a lot of things and you've thought a lot of it. If you could go back to any point, you know, whether it was when you decided to go into the brick and mortar or any of the decisions you made along the line, go back and tell yourself something that you think, you know, might've gotten you there sooner or may have made you more effective or, or changed anything. Is there anything you wish you could go back and like kind of <laughs> tap yourself on the shoulder and be like, listen, Tiffany, this is what you need to know. Anything stand out? 
Oh my gosh, yes. The first thing that came to my mind was put your policies and procedures in place. <laughs> because when I first opened, you know, transitioning from the, the talent to the owner is different. And I'm thinking, oh, everybody is going to do everything like me and they're going to be just as dedicated and they're going to lead with just as much passion. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. So then I had to backtrack, put a manual together, a contractor agreement, make sure I had W-9s filled out, make sure I'm actually looking at my numbers so I know where the holes are and what I can do possibly, you know, to fill them. And then then go back into the creative mode. So I would go back and tell myself, okay, if you're really wanting to do this, put your plan together, you know, put your policies together so that everybody can lead from a place of expectations, right? So I can manage your expectations. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And um, we have these conversations a lot and, and we, we're not going to have time to dive into it today, but it's really common for owners and managers to say, I can't get my staff to do what I want. And most of the time when we dig into it, it's generally not that they don't want to do something. It's usually that they don't, don't understand how to do it or why they're doing it. Yeah. And as soon as you can connect the dots for someone, it's like, you know, whatever it is, hey, the magazines in the front need to be straightened out. It's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. You like it, neat boss. I might do it, I might not, but it's like, well, the reason we need to do this is because we're trying to make a good first impression on the client and we only have a few seconds and whatever it is. And then once people get a little bit of ownership of it, of the task and understanding, usually it's, I mean, sometimes you just have somebody who's uncooperative, but for the <laughs> most part, it's like, oh, I get it now. Thank you for explaining. And then you probably never have to tell them again or there's like a gentle reminder every once in a while, but it's like, once people understand why they're doing it and what the actual expectation is, it's like the light bulb goes off and someone who you thought was not on the bus is all of a sudden like they're driving, they're ready. They're like, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. Because people like, like to be in charge of what they're doing, right? People don't want to be managed. They want to be led, I think is that. Yeah. And once you figure that out, and it sounds like it was a quick realization for you. Um, <laughs> you can just move along so much faster. Yeah, I have the perfect example of that so quickly. Um, at my logos, three triangles. So at the front door, there's cubbies and I stack towels in there and they're rolled and they're shaped in the pyramids. You know, the weights on the, the rack with the equipment, the weights are stacked in a pyramid. So literally the reason is because triangles represent so many things, but most of all, they represent change right? And past, present, future, male, female, child, all the things, right? Everywhere you look, you should see a symbolism of a triangle somewhere. And it's like, oh, but it's subtle, right? It's an energetic thing, but it is a part of the culture. It's a, it, there's a reason. And yeah. I've only had to say it a couple of times, like, please. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's important. And then, yeah, some people, if, you know, if somebody doesn't have natural pattern recognition, they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. Just like, Oh, that's just how it's, that's just how it's done. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything until it does. And then, then it's game over. So I'm, I'm glad that you have a handle of that. So early into things and may not seem early to you, but with a long bright future, oh, it's early you. in the game. So 
All righty. Last thing I'm going to ask you before we have to cut this thing is where do people find you? Facebook's, uh, Instagram website, give us all the handles. Yes, absolutely. So our website is www.fitnesscollectiveatl.com. Um, the Instagram is fitnesscollective underscore ATL. Facebook, Fitness Collective ATL. <laughs> so please do reach out to us. We are on every single platform, um, Twitter, Facebook, the web. <laughs> Fantastic. If, and if you go, I, I did my research. If you go to fitnesscollectiveatl.com, all the social links are very easy to find. They're at the top <laughs> of the page where they should be because if you hide that stuff, no one will find it. So another plus in the column for you. Tiffany, it's been a pleasure having you. I hope to uh, check in on you in the future, see where you and the Fitness Collective go. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Thank you. You are very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found inspiration, encouragement, and a little bit of entertainment in this episode too. Tiffany's got great energy and she's doing big things. Um, we hope you tune in for other episodes. Click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jill from Built Strong Athletics in Alberta, Canada. What's up, Jill? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Uh, so the gym world has kind of been in my life since I was 16. Actually, probably the first job I ever had was in a gym. So going through high school, I worked front desk at a small town, little XL fitness where, you know, I made the shakes, I did the training, I took the membership. So kind of a one man show, um, that kind of introduced me to the lifestyle. Um, from there I competed in bodybuilding. I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was because it'll super date me. And <laughs> so, I mean, I fell in love with the industry, the fitness and 
all the above from a really young age. Um, then life kind of took me away from it. I went to university to become a social worker, actually. Um, did that, had four children. <laughs> um, and then as my kids got older and into athletics, um, started to really see a gap in the quality of training, especially when it came to athletes. Um, it absolutely drives me mental that, you know, we see hockey camps and um, people training athletes that really don't have the qualifications to do so. And they're putting, you know, these kids that have scholarships on the line and, you know, dreams on the line and they're putting them through workouts that potentially could hurt them and make things worse and not really benefiting them. And I see the parents spending lots of money on, on things that aren't beneficial and, you know, doing burpees and mountain climbers is not what a hockey player needs sort of thing. So um, seeing that kind of gap and opportunity, we're in a bit of a smaller town and, athletics is this whole entire town that uh, parents will invest every last penny into having the, the next Wayne Gretzky as we were in Canada. So hockey is huge here. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I saw an opportunity um, and, and a gap and I wanted to create a place where people could come and get quality training. So um quality training for whatever sport, sports specifically. And first of all, training their foundations is lots of these kids would come to me and not have, you know, no one has ever told them how to engage their core or, you know, engage their boots properly, but yet they're sticking them on a 200 pound deadlift because they have to get stronger legs for hockey. So, um, yeah. So from there we, yeah, here we are. That's kind of, I, I, I wanted to open a place that had quality training and I definitely have, done that that is what we are known for in this town um and yeah here we awesome. are today <laughs> yeah i love that so you uh started with kind of identifying a gap in the industry and in your area and providing that for the athletes that needed it um and now what does your business model look like today are you doing group classes one-on-one semi-privates how do you structure things within the facility so within the facility, we are definitely known for one-on-one -on -one most of all, but we do have some small groups. So anybody that comes in the door will go through a full um, an assessment. And what I mean by an assessment is just basically a functional movement assessment, just so we can, you know, we can see how they move. Um, and then we discuss what their goals are and then and kind of budgets and time frames. So everything's done on a very personal level. It's not you're not just shoved into a group class or, you know, shoved into this category, shoved into this category. It really is. This is, you know, what we have, this is what this person needs. These are the imbalances that we're seeing. Um, where can we fit them? Usually they always start off with one-on-ones and then sometimes we can amalgamate different athletes and they can, you know, train together if goals are the same and if body types are the same, because I do like the small group stuff. Now, having said that, one-on-one -on -one training is expensive and coming out of COVID and the economic disaster that we're all in right now, and we're oil and gas out here, so that's like this mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time, you know, it's up and down. So we do have, we had to make some allowances for cheaper training for lack of a better word so we do have you know youth drop-in where people can come in for a set price per month where they can at least get active and you know we 
do is we do that foundational stuff, maybe not so specific to that person, but an overall good, you know, better than nothing kind of story. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'd say probably 90% of our business is one-on-one -on -one training. One-on-one -on -one training and we do teams and we do the, um, the in-season teams, especially hockey teams. So dry land training there. And we do have a few TRX classes and then kind of an aside off everything that just kind of got introduced uh, pre-COVID is we do have boxing now. So we do have a boxing membership. We're having oh, our overhead here in Alberta, Canada is insanity. So we really have to like multifacet wherever we can, wherever we can get more revenue streams. That's what we're doing. But as far as the business model itself, 90% one-on-ones. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of my next question for you. So it sounds like a large majority of what you do is based around athletics. Okay. Um, but then my, my next question for you was, so you, you are serving some general. We do everybody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and it was, it was always open with athletes in in mind that was in my forefront right. um now six years later in hindsight i wish we just called it build strong <laughs> drop the athletics because it does pigeonhole us a little bit as far as people are like oh that's just where you know the elite athletes go and it's that's so not the case we actually just this week signed up a 78 year old lady who's just she's scared to fall you know i just did a big article for one of our um a uh, little magazine publishers in in town about senior citizens and how important it is for them to resistance train and to have a qualified instructor to do those things right so yeah um definitely everybody yeah athletes is a big part but we we train everybody okay yeah but using I that have... same kind of using that same basis like still like if you're you know playing a high level sport or you just want to get more active we still have imbalances we still have past injuries we still have um things that we need to address on a very personal note so you know everybody's put through that assessment goals are discussed and then we make a pass right yes yes absolutely and the nice thing about having that general fitness training side of things is that a lot of times when you're doing something that's more of a specialty, um, yeah. first of all, it's a smaller niche, but then also, especially within athletics, it's a lot of times seasonal. So I'm sure that you have times where you're seasonably okay. very busy within Absolutely. athletics, yeah. but then other times where it's a little bit quieter on that One side of things. Yeah, yeah, like your stand, like most gyms uh, are quite quiet in the summer. Like the, your your clientele drops, people are outside, especially here. Like we have two months of sun here. That's it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so our July and August comes, and it's like psh, everybody's gone. But with the athletes, that's when they come, right? Like mm -hmm. June, May, June, July are our busiest for off-season hockey players because they're just getting off the ice, and now they're getting ready. They're getting ready for trials already in August, end of August. So it it is nice that yeah, we lose some of our general population, but then our athletes kind of flood in in that time, so it keeps the summer months more manageable. Because I know when I've worked at other gyms before summers are tough yeah um, right it's nice that you have that balance yeah. you know one's busier when the other one goes down and vice versa so that's For awesome sure. uh now as far as clients or membership base currently how many members or clients are you currently serving at your facility um you know, it's, it's a little bit like up and down for sure. Um, I, 
and it's a bit of a mishmash of a business. I'm not going to lie. So I'm trying to like, this is trainer gone business owner, right? Like I'm sure most of us are. And we, yes. we like fumble through the God, I've made every mistake known to man. And um, I'm, so I have contractors, I have employees, I have, you know, I've got a big mixing pot of things. So I have some people, I don't even know how many clients they have, they base, right. base, pay me rent, right? Then I've got employees that make an hourly wage. I've got some that make 30%. Then I have trainers that come in and do my membership. So it's definitely a mishmash. As far as one-on-one -on -one clients, I would say we're probably in the area of 60 clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our boxing membership base, it's anywhere from 30 to 50 kids. So not crazy amounts, but you know, we're, we're surviving. Yeah. <laughs> right. It can be more, but yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so on, on the growth side of things, yeah. how are you getting the word out there to reach more people, to let more people in the area know that you're there and the services okay. that you provide? What does marketing look like for you? Um, Definitely the most um, successful would be just word of mouth for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Social media, we're all over that. We do a small publishing in one of our local magazines and then, you know, trade shows, parades, that sort of thing. Like I just said, we're a pretty small town here. So yeah, that's, that's basically it for marketing. Yeah. Okay. And have you done any type of paid advertising through social media, like Instagram, Facebook, Google, anything of that nature? Um, some paid stuff through Facebook, but not, not Instagram yet. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. And definitely like that is um, something that I need to learn more about for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, sometimes I struggle with the fact because I'm still working in the business and I'm still very sought after trainer. So, you know, you have, and I'm sure that you guys hear that all the time, right? It's yeah. that working in the business versus working on the business. And I'm very much like, yeah, struggling with that piece because I Absolutely. have so many clients that are like, no, we just want you. And I'm like, well, okay, great. And it's really hard to find great trainers, like really right. hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, more often than not, I hear that same thing. You know, it's like, it's really, you're, you're in the business all day, every day, you're wearing a hundred different hats, trying to yeah. cover every yeah. aspect of the business. So yeah, it gets really hard to be able to step back and talk about the business side of things and look at the growth and where you're looking to take it and take the necessary steps to get there. Yeah, exactly. um, and I can see why like you get you know, your, your box gyms or your franchises. And this is like, yes. Okay. They're, they are, they have more members and they have, you know, maybe more training clients. However, the like I'm stuck on the quality piece, right. And it's really, really hard to give the quality training that I expect because yes, I can hire, you know, a bunch of kids with CanFit Pro and I can put them out there, but that's not what I want, right? Like that's, I built a gym for quality training now to find trainers that have the education and, and the knowledge is super, super hard. So then you can only build your business so big because it's based on how many trainers that you have, right? Because every trainer can only take so many clients. Right. Yeah. And that's where, uh, you know, some of the other areas of growth come into play. So multiple ways to grow a business. Obviously we can get more clients, 
The next one is get the clients that we have to pay more, but not just pay more. Obviously, the level yeah. of service has to be there. Other other streams of revenue, which you mentioned before, um, yeah. within the clients that you already have, and then also keeping them longer. It's much cheaper to keep a client than it is Absolutely. to acquire yeah. a new one. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as those things go, within the other levels of service, other streams of revenue for the business, do you also provide things like nutrition, accountability, supplementation, yeah. uh, anything of that nature that does provide that extra stream of revenue for the business? Yeah. So we do supplements, we do nutrition, because in my mind that goes hand in hand, especially, well, with everybody, but especially athletes. And there's yeah. so much to know about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have a fashion stretch therapist. We have a massage therapist. We have an MAT tech. Um, so yeah, and then we do like the performance stretches. So we do have a class of, you know, athletic stretch that people can come into so and we have an imprint sauna and yeah so as many I mean as much things that I can fit in our 4,000 square feet without and I still need a big turf space for running sprints and that sort of thing right so yeah we've definitely crammed every piece of this gym with with revenue making stuff yeah <laughs> yeah have. absolutely I'd love to hear that that's awesome. Okay. And then as far as the retention piece goes and holding on to those clients that you have, how does that look for you? I, it's pretty good. Honestly, um, sometimes it just comes down to finances for people. So, I mean, I've had, I have had clients for years, like my longest client, I think is seven years. He actually started with me at another gym following me here, still with me five days a week you know what money wow. an issue so much maybe for him. Um, but other people, yeah, I mean, we're all, we're one of the cheaper, like we're $75 an hour. I mean, $75 an hour when you're doing two to three times a week, you know, that's, that's a pretty big bill, especially in this economy. Right. And that's, I struggle with that. Like, I mean, I used to be charged out at about 150 an hour at other gyms and I'm trying to keep it, you know, reasonably priced for people, but honestly, that's still quite a bit of money for people. You know, if you want to work out three days a week, you do the math on that year, a thousand dollars a month you know, for your trainer. And so there's only a certain population that can do that. So we get lots of people that are like, Oh my God, I really love this. I want to do it. Can, can I do like one day a week? And then maybe you can give me homework, which, you know, I'm absolutely open to everybody's got their budget. Everybody can only do mm -hmm. so much. Right. So yeah, as far as the retention piece, that is really the only reason we lose people. And then lots of times we will be like, okay, well, if money's an issue, let's put you into you know the trx class or the boot camp so we do have a, a few like right now that your foundation is built and you're pretty well versed at this let's trans transfer you to these classes so we don't necessarily lose them but you know they're not paying as much money they're still in the building so yeah i think we're doing all the right things there as far as trying to keep people and trying to find different areas for people to go trying to work within people's budgets but yeah that's I yeah mean, that's been a tough couple years not only for us but for other people outside these doors right so finances is finances is a thing as mm -hmm. you probably know yes yes absolutely um so i might have missed this before but do you do uh semi-private sessions as well yeah like or, okay yeah yeah so as long as it works right like i have an assessment today on uh husband and wife i'm going to do the assessment but and I'll be brutally honest with them. I hope I can train them together because husband and wives are super fun to train. But if I got one that's got like a blaring back injury or, you know, I'll say to them, listen, I, I need you separate for a bit. 
because I need to fix this first. You know, we need to rehab these and make so, and then bring them together. So yeah, absolutely. As long as it fits, like I, I won't take two people that that don't have similar goals or similar things to work on just so the parents can save money. And I'll tell them that. Like it's right. again, it all comes down to quality, and that's that's a huge, huge part for me. I didn't start this to get rich because I started it to make difference in people's lives, and that is what we have done. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. getting rich would be nice. <laughs> I would take it. I have four of course. kids at university, but. <laughs> right. So what does the overall goal look like for you? What are you working toward? What is the big picture? Kind of paint the picture for us. You know what? I've, and I've thought about the big picture lots, especially in the last couple of years. Like what, like you don't want to be like spinning your tires, right? Of just, just getting by, just getting by, just getting by, which is essentially what we're we are doing right now like everybody's gonna have a check but there's not a lot of profit being made it's not exactly what i want like i said i have four kids to put through university soon so i've i've thought of that big picture a lot there's also a, a ton of competition in this little town that have seen kind of i don't want to say riding on our coattails but they've seen what we've done and they're like oh that's that's a wicked thing to get into let's get into it um and I hate to say being a female business owner too, sometimes in my industry, when you're dealing with a lot of male hockey players and stuff, they maybe don't see that as, you know, well, you know, he, this guy knows more than she does, right? Like I always have to deal with that sort of thing. So I am, yeah, I'm not exactly sure long-term goal, honestly. I don't know if it's uh, like a five-year plan and try to sell it. I don't know if it's, um, move into something more cost-effective and try to, you know, keep growing the way we are. We were at hundred percent growth every year before COVID. Hundred percent growth for four. Yeah. So we were, we were going in the right direction and now we're playing catch up from COVID, which you know, we're climbing back to where we were, but I mean, yeah, we've got months and months to make up for we were closed four times down here so I'm right going, i know yeah, yeah. So it was a hit so yeah i mean there was times where i would like to just put a bomb in this building and blow it up and walk away <laughs> and then there's other days that i'm like yep this is amazing and we built and we have we built an amazing community it's like a it's a very personal gym which is exactly what i want long-term goal i'm not exactly sure honestly i don't mm-hmm. I mean, eventually I'd like to not be in the training role at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's my biggest goal. Like I want to step out of that and train trainers and, and run the business. But like I said, it's, it's so, I've struggled with it for the last two years. So mm-hmm. three years. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is hard to step away, especially yeah. after, you know, you've yeah. put everything that you have into it years four years now. Uh, and people, like you said, people expect to come in and train with you, you know, and that's something that happens very often. Like I have some fabulous other trainers. So like, I mean, I've got a handful of fantastic trainers. I just need more of those, right? Like I need, Mm -hmm. I need 10 fantastic trainers, not five fantastic trainers. Right. And then, yeah. And then I mean, it'll grow. It's just finding those trainers is really, really, really tough. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think like the really good trainers want to be contractors and they want to do it on their own. They don't want to work under an umbrella, which so creating that environment where I'm like, okay, well, maybe you can be a contractor, but we're trying to build a, you know, a, a name and a, 
and on a marketing platform, but if you are training under this name and you're training, it doesn't, it doesn't make for cohesiveness. So finding those amazing trainers, giving them the ability to make money and, you know, run their own show a little bit, but still work under the build strong umbrella is, is kind of, I guess the goal. Right. Yeah. That was my, my next question was because you have some that are contracted and then some that are on like a salary with you. Yeah. Correct. So, um, and then, so as far as the differences between the two, uh, you find that the ones that are contracted are actually better trainers in general or no, not necessarily. I find that the good, the good ones that I'm trying to hire now. So the two contractors I have, it was just kind of circumstantial. Their, their gym shut down. They needed a home. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was, I needed extra revenue. Easy, easy. Um, everybody else for the most part are employees. Um, and then I've got another girl who she's a contractor, but she works very much under the bills. Like you wouldn't know that she was a contractor and right? her just pay structure is a little bit different. Um, what I find is the good trainers that can build their own business want to do it under a contracting position and not under an employee position. Yeah. That's what I'm finding. Or they want to mix of both. They're like, well, if I'm bringing in clients and I'm making the sale, then why don't I make a percentage of that rather than you pay me hourly? You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm struggling with is finding those great trainers that are still willing to make just an, a, you know, an hourly wage. Yeah. And uh, so the thing about like when you when you have people on when you have contractors. Yeah, it's like maybe it's kind of nice for them, but then from a business standpoint, it's like all I see is like you missing out on so much revenue. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You know, and then if you yeah. a lot of times there really aren't that many personal trainers in my experience that are really good at client acquisition. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like they don't really learn any kind of processes to acquire clients. It's more so yeah. like a lot of times they come from gyms bigger box gyms typically that just kind of feed them clients, provide them with clients and they just train them. Yes. So typically they don't really come in knowing how to acquire their own clients, but then it's like they're coming in and then maybe they acquire some clients here and there. Maybe you give them some clients here and there, but yeah. then they're making a pretty, they're making usually the majority. Yeah. And then you're missing out on, yeah, it's huge. It's a huge, and that's why I said moving forward, I won't use contractors anymore. Not no, but it's employees only. So, mm -hmm. and that's what I, that part of the whole. I've made every mistake known to man, and you just kind of fumble through and figure it out. Well, I've definitely figured out that I, I, I want just employees now. Yeah, and you know, and a, and a pay scale that that reflects their experience and their education, right? So I might have trainers making, you know, on the lower end and I might have trainers making on the higher end and that's how I'm doing it now. And I've made that change. Okay, but yeah. I mean, I, I also have, you know, my contractors that are here, I'm not going to flip them now, right? Like right. You know, so yeah. yeah, moving forward, it's, it's not, it's not even given as an option anymore. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of, and a, a lot of gym owners that I speak with are, do have contracted employees. And I don't yeah. think they realize the amount of revenue that they're missing out on. And, and I think in that, that whole structure. startup piece, when you see, you know, what you give to the government, the source deductions and the payroll and that, and it's just like, wow, it's easier if I just contract them. And if you actually crunch numbers, mm -hmm. you are much better off to have employees than you are contractors for sure. Yes. But I could, yeah. that's what I'm 
I mean, lots of us are fumble through it all and con and having contractors is simple, it's simple on the, on the paperwork side of things. Right. It's, there's no payroll in this, you know, they cut you a check and that's that, but yeah, absolutely. Right. It, it's so much lost revenue. Yes. So I've learned it. One of the yes. many things that I've learned and yeah, moving forward. And like I said, having now that I've made that switch, I do find that, you know, I'll, I'll interview an amazing trainer and then I'll tell them that, Hey, it's uh it's it's an employee position why well, is there an opportunity contract well no there's not like you're an employee of build strong and mm -hmm. there's a non-compete you know to it to a degree within a, a radius yeah um, and that's that's how i want to run things and they're like oh and then you know i they they walk away or they don't want it they're like no i'll just go contract it to someone's garage mm -hmm. and we see a ton of that in, in this town right we got trainers and garages and basements like traveling trainers we got trainers oh i think we got probably more trainers per capita than any other town in alberta i swear to god <laughs> yeah i know i know it seems that way right and i think one thing that they don't realize in the beginning too is that you know they tend to hop from gym to gym and never really have a home oh, but yeah. it's like and if that's... you are an employee yeah. chances are the situation's going to be better for you there's more structure there's more sustainability yeah. there it's it's more of a home you know oh, exactly. and and you know what and uh, me as a business owner i need to make it a home they want to come to you too right yeah. so um we just i mean it's a simple little thing like we started a, a friday night slow pitch team so all the staff plays together like fun little like so they do belong to something right because i always said i want what the you know the big box gyms have but in a in a smaller structure i want that camaraderie i want that team that can bounce ideas off each other and i want us to all work together i also want us to be able to like hey i'm going to mexico next week here's my 15 clients you guys got this like you here's my training yes. so you're not being like hey guys i'm out of here now so i'll be back and cancel your clients for that week no right and we and we're getting really good at that and so yeah i'm trying to really want people you know make people want to be here like it's right. got to be a nice work environment for people to and i and again i think we're creating that it's just baby steps and lots of learning curves for me <laughs> right yeah yeah absolutely but i i like your mindset there and you know a lot of gym owners just don't realize that you know and yeah. they don't really focus on providing that appealing environment to potential employees yeah. you know because if your business is thriving if you've got plenty of leads you've got plenty of clients for absolutely. these people coming yeah. in it's like why would they not want to work there why would they not want to have that sustainability that steady income we all know as a trainer you know it can be up and down sometimes you have a really great week other times yeah. people cancel people are away they go on yeah. vacation whatever it is yeah. and it's like it's tough Absolutely. Um, yeah. so yeah i mean you're right it starts with the the gym owner providing that appealing environment to get the right people in the doors to stick around for a long period of time and really build that facility as a whole yeah for sure awesome love that all right so now um one thing i always love to touch on at the end here is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing going their own way opening yeah. their own facility what would that be what's one one of the most important things that you've learned over the years <laughs> like so many things yeah <laughs> um 
God, what would it be? <laughs> don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I just know. Kidding. That's what I always say. I'm like, yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> it's not all it's cracked up to be. It looks good on the outside. It's just so much Um... Honestly, like educate yourself on the on the on the business side of things would probably be like I wish um, like the training part obviously was super easy for me. It's what I'm super good at. But learning like the business side, the the red tape stuff, the you know your accountants, your lawyers, your your processes, your policies and procedures, all of that stuff that maybe we don't think about. Learn that before you start, right? Yes. Um, and then, um, I know one of the things that, I mean, I opened, I literally opened my gym, a single mother of four kids at the time and had, didn't have one single client because I couldn't take anybody I opened a 4,000 square foot facility with, you know, we'll say at the time a $12,000 overhead tag. Yeah. <laughs> just me, just yeah. me sitting behind the desk being like, okay, come on in. And like the scariest freaking thing I've ever done. And it's so stupid. Like, why didn't I like pre-sell? Uh, why didn't I do any like, you know, grand, well, I did do a grand opening, but um, I did nothing before we opened yes. the doors, right? Like, mm -hmm. so yeah, the pre-sell, the, 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 the processes of bringing people in, the funnels, like, yes, learn that stuff don't just don't just open the door and wait for people to come i mean yeah. i i made it i don't know how the heck we made it honest to god i'm just maybe it's my glowing personality i really don't know but um yeah i would do some research don't go into a blend and find your niche like find you know senior citizens and stuff right now are they so need this and our baby boom and you know find a find a population or a niche that isn't being looked after mm -hmm. you know i i honestly think that the reason we've been successful is because we are so different we are you know people go through our assessments and they're like i've trained with five different trainers and i didn't know half of this stuff you know so that quality of service will get you get you lots places you need to be that's for sure yes absolutely yeah. separate yourself from the from yeah, the crowds from the masses to, absolutely you don't want to be like you're I, I mean i've got a good life two doors down for me mm -hmm. like and people come in and are like why don't you have memberships i'm like go over there they got they got flipping like sixty thousand times the equipment and way nicer <laughs> like you don't want a trainer go have a membership there they got nicer equipment because we don't do memberships here and I, and I never like besides the boxing classes I will never do a membership for style gym mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and I mean that's the thing too that's important to keep in mind is that you're not for everyone yeah absolutely you know yeah. and other gyms I think a lot of times people kind of get caught up on that it's like they want to serve everybody but if you're trying to serve everybody you end up serving nobody yeah so getting specific about who it is that you want in your facility is so important absolutely yeah and I mean we do get those people that go to those like they don't want to go to those big gyms and have you know people lifting the weights and you know they are intimidated so they come here like if I have a, a client that's petrified of the gym mm -hmm. cool come in at like two o'clock in the afternoon there maybe is one other trainer in here we have the whole place to ourselves and, and let's learn this stuff and there's right. a sense of comfort in that right so exactly you know, like I said when I have people come in and be like you know I really wish you had a membership I'm like it's never going to happen. And like I said, they're literally like not even a block away from us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big gym and it's a beautiful gym. So, 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, well, I, I know somebody who does. So <laughs> come over there. It's like 20 bucks a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, we are Bill Strong Athletics on Instagram, Facebook. Um, those are basically the two big ones that we're on. Yeah, we tried to do the whole TikTok thing, but oof, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> much with this girl. <laughs> That's where it's going. That's I know where... it is. It is. Yeah. And I've got teenage kids, and they're like, "Mom, you got to be on." And, we, and we're trying. And it definitely needs to be like a little bit more in my forefront as far as the marketing piece because I'm, I'm growing those funnels because I know it's huge. Yeah. But, yep. It definitely is. That that seems seems to be the direction that things are heading in so yeah and the on like I've, I've had tons of people approach me too like online training online training online training but I'm again I struggle with how do I do what I do right so in that somebody and you know see that oh their left knee's coming in and you know their hip shifting like how do I do that online I, I can't mm-hmm. so yeah 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 it's a, a different level a different level of service you know from yeah being in person to doing yeah. some online stuff possible but you know it's like yeah absolutely for it's sure. just, yeah and honest to god generational for me it's it's difficult yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> right well I'm too old for all this new stuff <laughs> no <laughs> all right so uh Jill from Built Strong Athletics in Alberta Canada thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been so great having you on the show for sure. Thank you guys. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.